Looking for a new and healthier way to unwind? I was too, and then I tried Recess Mood. Recess Mood replaced that after-dinner alcoholic beverage for me, so I saw a difference in both my mood and my belly. It's made with real fruit, it is only 20 calories, and it contains no added sugar. Recess Mood is infused with functional ingredients like mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens, so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangovers. Recess Mood tastes great, too, and comes in four different flavors. My favorite flavor is the Strawberry Rose. So whether you need a moment away from the errands, work, and kids, or you just need a moment of chill during dinnertime chaos, Recess Mood is where it's at whenever you need to relax and unwind. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash RLRC and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. An update on the manhunt for Michael Burham continuing in Pennsylvania. A North Carolina officer rescues a missing teen during a routine traffic stop. And in Miami, a six-year-old girl escapes abduction by taking a bite out of the assailant. These stories and more coming at you today, Friday, July 14th on Real Life Real Crime Daily. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Happy Friday, boys. Friday, Friday. TGIF. I got a Friday game for you guys later. Oh, Oh, game. Here we go. Game sign. And you know, Mike is the game master. Well, you might be shocked to know that this is actually a game that will contain 15 questions rather than seven, which I've never heard of in a a game. And instead of having questions like, uh, what are those uh, star-shaped things on the American flag, <laughs> then followed up by, you know, what days of the month was Betsy Ross menstruating in, in uh, June of 1776. This actually will have questions that are fair questions that relate to what's going on with our crazy weather. Mike said, Jim, you, you got five questions there. Everybody in the world knows the three nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, it was. So I guess this is a sanction game then, Mike. Said, yes, yeah. it's a sanction game. It's also, there's no locking up the board where only one person can answer all. <laughs> you each will have a chance to answer all 15 all right. questions. Well, y'all stay tuned for that. We're going to bring you first today to Camp Pendleton, and we had a story that we brought to you just the last episode, I believe, where we told you about a missing 14-year-old girl that was found inside a barracks at Camp Pendleton. There's been a lot of updates on on that case. I'm going to bring them to you right now. Uh, They believe that the missing 14-year-old girl found in Camp Pendleton may have met the Marine on Tinder. Uh, She was found, as we brought to you, inside the barracks, and the famous dating app Tinder is where they believe that these two first met. Investigation records say the girl and the Marine 
uh, met on June 26th and that she, the Marine, and a friend of his drove onto the base on June 27th where she stayed overnight in his room. Military police discovered the girl June 28th inside the room of a Marine with the Combat Logistics Battalion 5 1st Marine Logistics Group at Camp Pendleton in San Diego. The Marine acknowledged having sex with the girl in his barracks and said the girl was not asked for identification when they stopped at a security checkpoint to enter the base. The girl's grandmother reported her missing on June 13th. Her family said she was sold to the Marine by a sex trafficker. She was found in the barracks by military police. She has been sold to a soldier for sex. This Cassandra Perez said in a TikTok video. The woman has identified herself as the girl's aunt and said the girl has learning disabilities. Mm. The San Diego Sheriff's Department and the San Diego Human Trafficking Tax Force are investigating. The girl told uh, military investigators she had been kept locked up by a pimp and only knew the man by his first name. Military investigators are looking for evidence, support the girl's claims, and few details about the incident have been publicly released, including the child's whereabouts from the time she disappeared. Her family said the girl had run away before, but quickly returned. Now, inadvertently, in the first story, I named Charles Palmer as a suspect. However, he was actually a spokesman for this incident, and the suspect has not been named. I regret that error. Well, you know what? This sounds like those cops are doing a good job. Yeah, they're doing an amazing, amazing job. And and look, in any investigation, as much as you want all the details, especially people that do what we do, uh, sometimes it's best to not let all the details out until the investigation completes and you have a clear suspect. Shout out to them and the military police and and the uh, trafficking division and all that. For working on it. Yes. And, you know, speaking of of police, the Baton Rouge police chief, Murphy Paul, has announced his resignation. Uh, this in the past couple of days, uh, very embattled Baton Rouge city police chief as Baton Rouge struggles to control crime. Yeah. Yeah. I worked with him on a day to day basis when he was at state police and, um, you know, Baton Rouge crimes at an all-time high and good riddance to them. Let's get somebody in there that can do the job. Amen. So let me take you to Texas, talking about law enforcement. There's a Texas sheriff who has been the subject of years of complaints about dysfunction and corruption, uh, was repeatedly reported to state and federal law enforcement by his own deputies. Yet an outside investigation never gained momentum according to interviews and records reviewed by the Associated Press. Two of San Jacinto's County Sheriff Greg Caper's former deputies said they tried to get the Texas Rangers to look into the wrongdoing in the sheriff's office when they worked there, but the state elite investigative agency did little to pursue the case. I kind of find that hard to believe. I've worked with Texas Rangers a lot, and they're squared away. But... Um, one of them later gave a detailed interview to an officer with the FBI's Regional Public Corruption Task Force, but said it was met with the same result. 
Despite the reports from members of law enforcement, the state and federal agencies appear not to have pursued what an AP investigation found were longstanding accusations that Capers' office has ignored misconduct and neglected basic police work while pursuing asset seizures that boost its $3.5 million budget but don't always hold up in court. The small Houston area sheriff's office drew national scrutiny amid a four-day search for a man accused of killing five neighbors in April when they complained that his late-night shooting was keeping their baby awake. We feature this story on RRC Daily about Francisco Oropesa, who many feared had gotten away and run back to Mexico before he was captured nearby. The sheriff's office disclosed that deputies took nearly four times as long as Capers initially said to respond to the mass shooting. If you recall, when we reported the story, we were told that the neighbor had called police after the initial attempt to get Oropesa to stop shooting. Last year, county leaders paid nearly $50,000 to have a police consulting firm examine the sheriff's office but disregarded its recommendation to ask the Rangers Public Corruption Squad to investigate. The consultant's report says Caper fostered a fear-based culture, oversaw the improper seizure of tens of thousands of dollars of property, and that his deputies failed to follow up on reports of 4,000 crimes. Everybody in law enforcement knows what's going on, but nobody will do anything, said Michael Flint, a former deputy who won a $240,000 settlement after suing the sheriff's office for retaliation when it fired him and charged him with crimes in 2018. A judge later dismissed those charges. Capers second-in-command previously called the accusations against the sheriff's office straight-up lies and said the state agency is welcome to investigate their office top to bottom. A Ranger spokesperson said Tuesday they are not conducting an investigation into this matter. They're not going to. Yeah. Well, so, I don't man, get it. This guy is, inspires a lot of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've seen that in a lot of sheriff's offices. I, I mean, well, you, you, they're run by fear. Yeah. yeah. And, well, here's the thing, too. You, you're never going to be the favorite person on the no, block no. when you're the sheriff. Right. Well, any, and, and you arrest people for a living. I've always said yeah. any, anybody that's in a position of leadership is always going to have someone pissed off at them. But this is, kind of sounds a little bit systemic. The whole part about um, – seizing millions of dollars worth of shit in a lot of not making a court they're taking dope money right that's yeah. going back towards mexico and if, if they never prosecute it then they just get to keep it regardless or of course a lot of times the dope deals aren't going to say oh we have you, you found a million dollars in, in my gas tank uh, here's a receipt for our work at walmart this year for it yeah so. well and so did that definitively say there's no more investigation into well, the Oropeso case? Because, I mean, if you think about that, if if he did lie about response time and they actually would have gotten there within a certain window of time, could those people have been saved if they had gotten there, you know, in X number of minutes versus Y number of minutes? Well, him lying about it would, would have been strictly to make themselves look better. This wouldn't have changed the outcome of the, I mean, the response time still would have been the response time no matter what. But him lying about it is just to make him look better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he maybe have to come back and say, well, but, you know, I didn't have a deputy on duty because they were doing whatever. I don't know, but the Rangers are not investigating. I'm going to tell you something. If, 
probably my most favorite law enforcement agency I ever worked with, other than the U.S. Marshals Fugitive Task Force. I'm probably more than the U.S. Marshal uh, Fugitive Task Force is Texas Rangers. Those dudes are squared away, and I worked murders with them, right? And, and where I had to go into Texas and get people and stuff, and they are simply badasses. Okay, and they've decided not they said, to. They said we're not investigating. So, so maybe, and I can promise okay. you, those dudes aren't on the take. I know. Right. Okay, uh, got a story that involves North Carolina and the state of Florida, and uh, and this issue of of human trafficking again. So, North Carolina authorities were conducting a routine traffic stop on the Fourth of July when they noticed something unusual in the vehicle they pulled over. It was just after midnight again on the 4th, when Nash County, North Carolina deputies pulled over a white Audi with Florida plates on Interstate 95. Deputies asked the driver, his name is Alejandro Hernandez Vasquez, age 40, some routine questions and immediately became concerned that something you know wasn't right, something didn't feel right. They asked uh, uh, Vasquez uh, those questions and then asked him for permission to search the vehicle. That's when the deputies got a good look at Vasquez's 16-year-old female passenger. Mm. The officers immediately recognized the girl from a Florida missing persons report that they'd seen just earlier that evening. The report had come from the Coral Springs Police Department just five hours prior to this traffic stop. So the North Carolina police were able to rescue the teenager and escort her to Wake County's Juvenile Detention Center where she was reunited with her family. Um, the girl had met Vasquez online and was persuaded by him to meet in person. Vasquez was booked into the Nash County Detention Center where he's being held on, interesting number, $505,000 bond. Police said Vasquez was headed north of the border with plans to sell the young girl into some form of slavery. While this young lady was amazingly spared from the life Vasquez was planning on selling her into, millions of others have become victims in what is now estimated as, and this number blew me away, a 27.6 million person global human trafficking catastrophe. Traffickers prey on people of all ages all backgrounds, all nationalities, exploiting them for their own profit. The International Labor Organization estimates that of those 27.6 million uh, people that are in forced labor, 17 million are exploited in the private sector, a little over 6 million in forced commercial sexual exploitation, and about 4 million in forced labor imposed by governments. Um, So we often hear about these young uh, workers in uh, in China and and some other countries. A recent report by The Guardian revealed that Facebook and Instagram have become marketplaces for child sex sex trafficking, and their parent company, Meta, is struggling to take sufficient action to prevent criminals from using its platforms. The Guardian interviewed more than 70 sources, including survivors and prosecutors across the U.S., to understand how these sex traffickers are using Facebook and Instagram. And child sex exploitation has become one of the biggest challenges facing these tech companies. Um, Traffickers are using the platforms to access customers and find child victims just like Vasquez did. According to a report by U.S.-based nonprofit, the Human Trafficking Institute, Facebook was the platform used most often to groom and recruit children by sex traffickers. 65% of 
those recruited came through Facebook and Instagram was second in that study. So a lot of pressure is falling on Meta's, uh, Meta, the parent company, again, to, to both Facebook and Instagram to modify their, uh, their processes uh, here and help identify these people before the fact. Um, an anonymous Meta subcontractor told The Guardian that months will often pass before any action can be taken against a child groomer or sex trafficker after a moderator passes a case on to the company. So obviously they need to work on their practices there. Mm-hmm. Um, as an aside, a new movie hit the box offices over the 4th of July weekend that has brought this issue into even higher focus. The film is called Sound of Freedom, stars Jim Caviezel as Tim Ballard, a former Homeland Security agent who founded uh, this thing called Operation Underground Railroad um, that, uh, that is apparently responsible for having rescued over 120 of these uh, 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 trafficked kids. Though the film has attracted a bunch of controversy, uh, which I won't get into, it's bringing much-needed attention and focus to this growing global crisis and i mean at 27 million people that's a global crisis yeah and that movie you mentioned is um i i I haven't seen it but i haven't either i have uh a facebook feed just full of people that have and and uh you know one thing that it, it it does absolutely do is raise awareness and awareness needs to be raised but it's um you know, basically, they say trafficking. Uh, I, I think social media and the internet is basically it's a bunch of pimps, and and the what happened is, is social media and the internet is given access to people who are searching for this type of victim, if you will, or and and you know now they're able to reach worldwide yeah. and order basically order up what you want. It's sickening, no doubt about it. So the manhunt for Michael Burham continues in Pennsylvania, and it's now in its eighth day. Old Rambo, the new Rambo. The new Rambo. Bear Grillis. That's right. Authorities searching for a homicide suspect who used bed sheets to escape from a northwestern Pennsylvania jail last week say items found in the last 24 hours lead them to believe he is still in the area. Authorities added the reward money in the case has more then doubled. State police said campsites and small stockpiles believed to be related to the escapee, Michael Burham, are still being found and are believed to be connected to him. Now, as we told you, he fled the Warren County Prison late last Thursday by, by climbing the exercise equipment, climbing through a window, and then down a rope fashioned from jail bedding, just like you'd see in a movie. She's, right. She's the strongest fuck. Burham was being held on a $1 million bail and was charged with kidnapping, burglary, and other counts prior to being jailed. Uh, Searchers have been investigating possible sightings and break-ins of unoccupied structures or cabins using technology such as DNA to see if Burham is connected to them, but they can't seem to find a link uh, or it hasn't been confirmed as of yet. Police continue to believe someone is helping Burham, stating again that they caution anyone that is currently giving help or contemplating it will be prosecuted. I think that's something that is definitely happening. Yeah, especially if he kills somebody, they're going, they're going to get down for murder. No doubt. And, of course, we told you the other day that a $10,000 reward uh, had been offered by the U.S. Marshals. Marshals. 
They have now offered another $10,000 reward from Crime Stoppers. So that's got the reward money up to $20,000. I'm sure it'll go up from there as he as he stays missing. The sheriff has reiterated that the Warren County Sheriff's Office response time was not an issue in the escape, stating, literally, I would say that Birmingham saw red and blue lights within two minutes of leaving the jail. They were close. Corrections officers were in the parking lot within two minutes. He added, saying the response time could not have been quicker. Now, local, multi-state, and federal authorities have searched numerous residences and wooded areas using canine units and aerial resources such as drones and aircraft. It is well known that Burham taught himself survival skills and had a military reserve training that made his capture difficult. In addition, they are searching a very large area with a lot of difficult terrain that has cabins, they have oil and gas sheds there, and shacks that could offer a fugitive a place to hide. Now, Woody, let me ask you this directly. Would you say the sheriff is on the hot seat with his job on this one? I mean, this is a pretty major guy to let, to yeah. have an escape. Um, I, I can tell you the. Yeah, you know, I got a call or a pay. Yeah, actually a call one day um, when I was off duty that our two most high profile inmates had escaped. And, and I, I thought the dispatcher was joking. I'm like, there's no way. And, and uh, one, one of them is Jared Bordelon, last person put to death in the state of Louisiana. And yep. The other one's John Priest. And, but, I don't know. I mean, somebody's they certainly got to tighten up their policies. You know, bed sheets, you wouldn't believe what you could do with them when you twist them up. And then, uh, um, you know, people hang themselves or, or you know, do whatever. The They're going to have to change the policies uh, and procedures. I don't know if he's on. If he, the longer he's on the lamb, the worse it is for the sheriff. If he kills somebody, they're really going to have a problem. He'll have a bigger hot seat. But people are going to escape. That's what they do, and 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 so I don't think he's going to lose his job or anything for it. But y'all, let me know when the award gets up to half a million, and I'm going to take off. <laughs> okay, it's just fucker. It, it you know? may get there on this guy. You know, they that prison, that prison was uh, down approximately a third yeah. in terms of staff right, that right, they were supposed right. to have. Right, they, so, but so all of that stuff is making it that's a little. I, there, there's some holes in the defense yeah, here yeah. Uh, for these. And guys. I get that. And I remember now uh, from the. Uh, the story you did the other day about the staff and being down and everything, but you know what? That's a, all corrections, and I mean, in, in, in any state agency, prisons, or whatever, that they're always understaffed. When I worked in the Department of Corrections, they had an on-call list. Went on your days off, and if you were on the on-call list, you were getting called in because they were always, always understaffed. Yeah, you don't think it's worse now? Oh, well, absolutely! I'm sure now. it's worse now. Yeah, I mean, uh, they don't yeah. pay them shit, and 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 and, and the, you, the, the you respect put your life is, on the line every day yeah. and everything else. And I, I saw a video uh, interview of this guy's ex girlfriend, who said that he is in the physical shape that he is in. He can run ten miles in an hour over terrain, so he can run ten miles per hour. Right. Over terrain, right. without needing, right. Terrain. So, yeah. Yeah. so you know these cops who are forty pounds overweight that right. are on his. I mean, yeah, they better well, hope they. I mean, they're going to need some of your badasses. These marshals. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. th- this th- this needs to be. Uh, 
the well, real deal to go yeah, in. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you how they're gonna catch him. They're gonna catch him with Fleer. They're gonna uh, they're gonna have to up the game. Uh, they're not gonna give away all the secrets. But the U.S. the U.S. Marshal Special Fugitive Task Force. Those dudes, all they do is hunt people, and you, they're gonna. They have technology now that they can employ that can look through walls and shit. So they'll get him. It's just a matter of getting them in, getting them contained. And I, and I hope he doesn't kill anybody during the meantime. It's springtime, boys. The grass is green, the birds are chirping, and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation. And we know from the stories we cover that this is not exactly the time to take the family to the Caribbean. You don't want to end up in the middle of some cartel drug shootout. So this year, it's time to take an international journey. And of course, a big international trip is just one reason to learn a new language with Rosetta Stone. You might have a different one. Maybe you want to connect with family or friends living overseas. Maybe you want to acquire a new skill for work or better understand a certain culture. Rosetta Stone has helped me have fun with my mother and at least have partial conversations in Italian after only a few lessons. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and many more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process, you pick up a language naturally, designed for long-term retention, speech recognition. The true accent feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and an amazing value. That's right, Woody. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Sayonara. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro Pro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro Pro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this. And you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those roads, playing my stuff.
Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. So, I don't know. Uh, Look, let me give you another update, y'all. I want Madison Schmitz, a 17-year-old Florida star softball player, was viciously stabbed by her ex-boyfriend, according to police. Schmitz is now paralyzed from the chest down as a result of the attack. And she spoke at a press conference Friday saying she is incredibly lucky to be alive today. She said, I I will take each day as its own opportunity to live and make a difference in the world. Uh, Schmitz was allegedly attacked by Spencer Ross Pearson, age 18, as she and her mother, Jackie Rowe, were in the parking lot of Mr. Chubby's Wings in Ponte Vedra on June 3rd. Schmitz and Rowe had left the restaurant to avoid Pearson, who they witnessed seated at a nearby table. Pearson allegedly assaulted Madison from behind and held her down while he stabbed her approximately 15 times. Madison's mother attempted to intervene when she was stabbed in the forehead and the leg. And as we told y'all before, a bystander who was also injured in an attack was able to disarm Pearson, but not before he slit his own throat in a suicide attempt. Authorities say Pearson will survive his injuries and the investigation is ongoing. Good props to that young lady. Um, you know, uh, just are paralyzed from the chest down now, and she still has a good attitude. And, you know, moms are in play now. Yeah. I mean, these guys, I mean, there's no, there are no lines anywhere uh, that stop people from doing things. They, oh, yeah, you that mom on the forehead. He got mama, he got her 12 times. How many times? Yeah, mom. Uh, no, just, the, 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 the girl, the, he, he got. It's a bunch. I know that. Fifteen times. Fifteen times. Fifteen times. And paralyzed. But then the mom got stabbed in the forehead and the leg, <laughs> and I mean, another bystander that, that tried to intervene and got stabbed. And this is again over a gel, uh, some kind of relationship. Gone teenagers. Yeah. God yeah. damn, crazy, 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 crazy crap. Yeah. Well, we need something a little bit different. So I, I thought that uh, I thought that this was kind of a a fun thing. I happen to be. Going across, I look at uh, Statista a lot. They've got you know lots of surveys that uh, that other companies do that they that they post. And there was a really interesting one. It's a survey that was done by YouGov that asked a hundred, excuse me, that asked a thousand U.S. adults whether it is morally acceptable to eat certain animals under normal conditions. So we all know Woody doesn't kill anything he doesn't eat. Right. So. Let's see how his moral appetite and your moral appetite line up with Americans who participated in the study. And then we're going to actually look at some animals that are straight up illegal to eat um, in the United States. Right. So participants were asked about 10 different animals Mm -hmm. and whether it is morally acceptable for them to eat that particular animal. So of the 10, the uh, the highest number, uh, the, the animal with the highest morally unacceptable uh, number 
was 75% find it morally unacceptable to eat monkey. Uh, now, I, I don't know who the 25% are that are, are up for eating monkey. I don't know where the hell you get monkey. Okay. Yeah. And that's one thing I've never killed or eaten, you know. 20, uh, 73% said it's morally unacceptable to eat dog. Uh, I've never eaten dog either, but I know people that do. 70% said it's morally unacceptable to eat cat. Mm, I'm not trying to eat a cat either. In New York, there was a lot of cat eating. That was I guess that'd be, yeah, hey, you hungry? Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You hungry, you hungry. Um, you go into some of the... Uh, the Chinatown markets and well, you know, that, yeah. you know, the old joke about the dogs and the cat thing when a guy walks into the, one of those Asian places and says, Hey, have you seen my dog? And it's like, what was it black and about this big? And, and it had three legs. He said, yeah. He's like, no, I hadn't seen it at all. Oh, <laughs> his lips. It's awful. <laughs> Number four, 62% said it's morally unacceptable to eat dolphin. I wouldn't eat dolphin. He has yeah. one of my favorite. Uh, sometimes get as dolphin has gotten into tuna. Oh yeah, yeah, that's well, big shit. That, that, that's a big deal. Fifty-five percent said it's morally unacceptable to eat horse. I wouldn't. In France, is a big deal. Only twenty-four percent said it's morally unacceptable to eat octopus. I've eaten octopus a million times. I've eaten a lot of octopus. Uh, okay, only twenty percent said it's morally unacceptable to eat deer. Oh, shit, I raised my family off uh, of okay, deer. I was okay. raised on deer. Twelve percent said morally unacceptable to eat salmon. Shit, I, I can't believe salmon. anybody <laughs> said that. Eleven percent right? said it's morally unacceptable to eat cow. <laughs> and last on the list, or first on the list, depending on how you look at it, is only seven percent said that it was morally unacceptable to eat chicken. I knew it was going to be chicken. chicken. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my wife is on that list, by the way. She will not. She barf. will not eat chicken. But it's not. It's not a morality thing. Bring me well, and chicken. that's the that's the key to those stats is uh, moral. Yeah, the morality. Uh, you know, um, well, fuck. It's one thing if you don't want to eat it because you think right. it might taste. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to eat dog. I don't morally. I don't want to eat horse. Uh, yeah, I would yeah. like to resurvey that twenty-seven percent that was just fine with eating monkey. But so that covers the moral side of it. But now I've got five foods that are considered delicacies in places around the world that are illegal to consume in the U.S. All right, and these are not in rank order; they're just the the top five. It is illegal to eat haggis in the U.S. Haggis, what's that? That's a, haggis is a Scottish delicacy. Oh uh, yeah, I've that heard is of made it. from sheep heart, oh, yeah, sheep yeah, yeah. liver, yeah. and sheep lungs that are all is. wrapped up in the lining of the stomach. Basically, of the sheep. a boudin yeah, without, without the rice on it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I've I've had haggis. I, think I tried it somewhere. Uh, uh, a buddy, a Scottish buddy, for his fortieth birthday. Uh, Party had haggis served and it was disgusting. Yeah. Um, Turn around, it, put it your hands behind so, your back, you're under arrest. It was so gross. Um, you can't have kasu marzu in the U.S. Which is. And it's a good thing because this is a traditional Sardinian cheese uh, that is extra I'm fermented good. by live maggots that oh, partially decompose. I've read about cheese. this. Yeah, fuck that. Kasu marzu. 
Uh-uh. Yeah, that that so far has got my winner for see, the disgusting see a maggot, thing. I think of the dead body. Extra fermented by live maggots. Ugh. You can't have shark fin soup here in the United that's, States. That's true. Major Chinese delicacy. It's illegal here I because of the in- intense uh, cruelty to uh, I'm sharks. Not I mean, anything you, about you cut a shark's fin off, the shark is dead. I mean, well, you I mean, yeah, you catch a shark and you eat a shark, and, and there's no bones in shark. You know that cartilage. Yeah, cartilage, but not bones. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what a fin tastes like. Pride. Okay, so well, shark fin soup is illegal, but maybe shark fried fin is not illegal? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Four, you cannot have bush meat in the U.S. What the hell is bush meat? Bush meat is the catch-all term for African wild game like elephant, gorilla, tiger, etc. Bush meat is illegal in the U.S. I mean, if I could kill it. The last one of these is pufferfish. You cannot have pufferfish. I know that's a big delicacy, right? It's a major major delicacy in Japan where it's known as fugu. But here's the thing. It's to try and eat pufferfish is playing like culinary Russian roulette. Unless it's prepared exactly right. You'd be dead. The pufferfish is 1,200 times more deadly than cyanide. Yeah. Wow. So you better trust your chef yeah. on the old puffer fish. And they're the cutest looking little fish. Yeah, oh, I've seen. Yeah, don't yeah. eat a puffer fish. So yeah, anyway, pretty, thought pretty we'd have some that fun was, with illegal I, uh, foods. I enjoyed that. So, Well, you know, sometimes you come across those stories that are just those WTF stories. Like, and this uh, would be one of those. So if you're, if you're half listening to you're going to want to fully listen to this one. An eight-year-old Alabama boy is accused of armed carjacking and leading police on a chase. That's right. Eight years old. Montgomery police say a young child is responsible for a carjacking and vehicle chase on Tuesday morning. Officers responded to a robbery call shortly after 11 a.m. that morning and learned a child had carjacked someone at gunpoint, an eight-year-old child. Police say officers tried to pull the stolen vehicle over shortly after in the area, but the driver, the eight-year-old, refused to stop, and a pursuit ensued. <laughs> Police said the fleeing vehicle crashed into another vehicle, and thankfully no injuries were reported. The eight-year-old boy was taken into custody and later charged with first-degree robbery, attempting to elude, and certain persons forbidden to possess a firearm. He was taken to the Montgomery County Youth Detention Center. The gun was recovered at the scene, and a witness who goes by Snake, oddly enough, Snake said he followed the vehicle from the crash scene and realized along the way that a little boy was driving and it's called on the old phone police book. WTF. Right? I don't even understand how eight-year-old can reach the For, gas pedal and see over the dashboard. He should be stealing big wheels, not fucking cars. Right. But, but, That's okay, insane. So, but wait Where's mom so, and dad So at? let's yeah. say, did they tell you who the driver was? He was. Oh, did he carjack? Yeah. I have no idea. But my first thought was, why didn't you just punch the Who the hell lets an eight-year-old car? I don't care. He's eight. (laughs) He's eight. But he couldn't squeeze that trigger just as easy as you can. (laughs) 
freaking Fuck eight. That. You, can't, it, it, you know, if it's an eighty-year-old yeah. granny, he got it from. Fine. I mean, I, that person that he got it from needs to remain anonymous right. because if we knew a right. person who had let an eight-year-old carjack them, it'd oh, be but, over for them look, for the rest okay. of their lives. Let me say this: Buy him a big wheel. If, if you <laughs> eight-year-old walks up to me with a Glock nine and points and says, "Give me your truck." First of all, I say, "Bitch, you too small to get in my truck. You can't climb up in it." But no, seriously, I, I would. I'd give him the keys and let him go to get in, and maybe knock him out from the backside or something. So I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but I, I mean, obviously he had no regard for human life, and there's no doubt that he probably would have pulled the trigger. Now yeah, let me let me ask y'all this because this is really I don't know where we know that's legit, pe- right? Where's 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 people oh, that's a hundred percent. That was that was hundred percent legit. Man. Where's his where? people at? <laughs> Sorry. Google. Where's he get the? You talking about the teacher that got shot by the six year old? Yeah. Somebody's got a fucking problem in this case because this eight year old had a firearm yes. and was unsupervised to be able to go carjack somebody. What do you yeah. even do? With a kid like that, I mean, you, uh, you can't put him in a in detention the, center. And, uh, he's in eight. Louisiana. They, he's, they got the, he's got the gun on whoever it is, and he's asking him if they can give him if they can give him a boost yeah, up can so, he give can, me so he can get in the seat. I was thinking like the you old phone book, a phone the book old with yellow pages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can you put this phone book down and give me <laughs> yeah. a boost into this? Jesus, I don't know. Maybe that. And you know what? I'm gonna stay tuned on that one because I some something else is gonna come out of that. That's crazy. Oh, that is. That is a WTS sort. Maybe we should have a WTS A new segment? segment. New WTS. segment. WTS. I like it. All right. It doesn't have to be every show, but p- people love our segments. That has to be the youngest carjacker in history. Y'all, let's go to another story. And, you know, like y'all, I'm sure I've I followed this story throughout my life. Uh, um, probably one of the reasons I got into uh, criminal justice is because of Charles Manson. And I remember watching his interviews way back when I was a teenager. I, I think Geraldo interviewed him. Mm-hmm. He was like, basically told Geraldo, I can make you swallow your tongue or something like that and choke yourself. He death. should have. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh, I think that was before the Al Capone <laughs> vault thing. Oh, but okay. So we all know Charles Manson is burning in hell, um, but his people that killed all the people and, and did his acts, you never would think that it was murdering sons of bitches or females or whatever would get out of prison. But former Charles Manson follower Leslie Van Hooten released from prison, y'all. She was released last Tuesday after serving 53 years behind bars. And according to her attorney, Van Hooten is now in a transitional living facility she was released to parole supervision and will have a three-year maximum parole term with a parole discharge review occurring after one year. Her release comes after California Governor Newsom, who had opposed her parole three times since taking office, decided not to ask the state Supreme Court to block her parole a fourth time. I wonder what changed his mind. Van Hooden was 19 when she participated in the August 10, 1969 murders of Leno and Rosemary uh, La Bianca at their Los Angeles home. The La Biancas were both stabbed to death, and the word war was carved on Lino's stomach. Van Hooden told ABC News back in 1994 she and another Manson follower took Rosemary uh, 
La Bianca into a bedroom, and the sounds of Mr. La Bianca dying came into the bedroom. Horrible, guttural sounds. She began calling out to him and yelling for him. And at that moment, Manson follower Charles Tex Watson handed her a knife. He said, do something, because Manson had told him to make sure that all of us got our hands dirty, Van Hooten said. And I stabbed Miss LaBianca in the lower back about 16 times. Van Hooten did not participate in the Manson family murders of the actress Sharon Tate and four others who were killed at another Los Angeles home one night earlier. Rich Pfeiffer, uh, Van Hood's attorney, said she will probably not be at the facility for a long time because she is so ready to be out in the world. She has some computer skills from the job she had in prison. She has got a master's degree. She is very bright. She has got a lot of support from family and friends. She will do just fine. She has multiple options on where to go live. Um, and People have offered her places at their home. She has job offers. Pfeiffer says Van Hooden wrote her thesis on sustained rehabilitation. She is very good at helping people rehabilitate themselves. He says she was a tutor in prison and helped a lot of people get their college degree. She can go fuck herself. She stabbed that lady 16 times and um, she probably wrote war, card war in her stomach too. Yeah. I mean, life doesn't mean life in California. They should have got the damn death penalty. The text that they talk yeah, about in there? Yeah. Do you remember yeah. it, you remember Tarantino's text in Once Upon a Time uh, in Hollywood? Yeah. When when Brad Pitt does the to his uh his pit bull. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know. And uh Tex wasn't feeling too good right after I don't I don't right get it. Fifty four years. The victim is never gonna I mean, she's taking a dirt nap. She's yeah, never no, going to get to help any, tutor anybody. And not that I'm a huge defender of, of Gavin Newsom, but I think they knew that uh, that they couldn't stop it this time, that the uh, he, he would be overruled. I, I don't know exactly how it works, but his veto, the, the state had enough votes to overcome the veto, so he didn't yeah. bother to— uh, uh, to fight it again, and and Whatever. you know, apparently she did do a lot of, but she does uh, a lot of things in prison that are leading people to believe that she's rehabilitated after after fifty three years. So, um, so, I don't know. So be it. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over sixteen thousand dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more health issues with the dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dogs' health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step -step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I 
didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com R-L-R-C and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash R-L-R-C. Do you guys know what May 12th is? Sunday, May 12th? Mama's Day. That would be correct. It's Mother's Day. So let me ask you, do you basically get your mom the same gift every year for Mother's Day? Maybe some flowers, some chocolates, awesome. maybe a robe or a framed photo, right. boring stuff, right? Right. Well, let me tell you about something that's totally cool and different from Mother's Day that will never wilt, spoil, or put an extra 10 pounds around her waist. I'm talking about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty unique. Cool, right? Right. Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. Your mom can either type a response to the email or she can record her voice if she prefers cool. to do that or she can do both. Cool. And mylifeinabook.com then compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book as well as an audiobook. And if you want, and she's up to the task technically, you know, the audiobook is a is a great extra thing to be able to do. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your future generations can treasure. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is kind of your chance to give her a way to share them. Every family's a little bit different. And in my family, we love to give each other a really hard time. So I've taken the approach in doing this of asking my mom to comment on some of those family moments that might be a bit embarrassing to other family members. Last week, my question was, mom, did you feel guilty that day you hit me over the head with your wooden clog and dad had to take me to the hospital for eight stitches? <laughs> Mom's response, back in the day, I was the disciplinarian of the house. And when you were eight years old, you refused to get out of Nancy's, that's my sister's, plastic kiddie pool. I told you 10 times to get out of the damn pool. You didn't listen. So I chased you around the yard. And when you slipped, I nailed you right on the head. That was the last time you got in that kiddie pool. Of course, dad had to lie to the ER and tell him that, uh, that you fell on your head, but I nailed you good. The entire process with my life in a book is simple. And in the end, mom will have a great keepsake that can remain in your family for generations. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code RLRC at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code RLRC for 10% off today. <laughs> Sorry. It's game time, isn't it? Is it game, game time? time. Uh, it is game, game time. time. Holy so shit, here we go. This week has brought catastrophic flooding to the state of Vermont that washed out the state's capital even. I don't know if you guys saw those pictures. And 64 million people in the south are facing dangerous heat right now. So uh, I thought I know that's the truth. So I thought it's a great time for a game and let's find out how much Jim and Woody know about the weather. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I'm about to smoke that Scott ass. Okay, so if it, if it's about Scott hurricanes, if it's about Cantor. <laughs> so again, yeah. very simple game here. I have 15 questions. They are all 
multiple choice. Okay. okay? So let me read the question mm. and the answers. Mm. You guys both write down your answers mm. right. and uh, we'll tell you who uh, who's right. Is, and, it, is it Jim Cantori and not Scott Cantori? Each and, uh, and we will. He looked like my fraternity we'll brother. So you, got, you got how it works? Scott. Okay. Twins. Got so, it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Here's my first question. What do you call a hurricane in Japan? Is it called A, a hurricane, B, Godzilla, C, a tropical cyclone, or D, a typhoon? A, hurricane, B, Godzilla, C, tropical cyclone, D, typhoon. Anybody? C. D, typhoon. It is D, a typhoon. So Jim's got you on nothing. Okay, question two. Which of these cities... These are cities around the world has the highest daily average temperature. What's the hottest place on earth? Is it a Kuwait city, Kuwait B death Valley, California C Dalal, Ethiopia or D loot desert, Iran Kuwait city, death Valley, Dalal or loot desert. I'm going to use my old testing technique. If you don't know, you use the same letter and eventually you get one right. I'm, I'm going with C. B, Death Valley. It's 1-1. One, one. Woody is correct. It is Dalal, Ethiopia is the hottest place on earth. Who knew? And, and Louisa, South Louisiana is the hottest fucking place on earth yesterday. I can tell you that. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. hot. Which U.S. city, question three, gets the most annual rainfall? So that's average. Which U.S. city gets the most annual rainfall? A, Miami. B, Seattle. C, New Orleans. D, Portland, Oregon. Miami, Seattle, New Orleans, Portland. C, Seattle. Well, B is Seattle. Or B, Seattle. Actually, so I've been to both places. And when I remember going to the top of that spear thing and they were they were saying that that was a misnomer that they had the most average daily rainfall. But I've been in Portland, too, and it's really green. I'm going to say Seattle, B. You're both wrong. Seattle would be overcast, has more overcast, but it doesn't really rain hard in Seattle, and it doesn't really rain hard in Portland. New Orleans has the highest by a a lot, has the highest rainfall, annual rainfall. The United States have 89 inches of rain. Holy shit. So nobody won that. I need 89 inches of I rain. I wish I'd seen that before I moved. Official. Which U.S. city gets the most annual sunshine? Mm. Is it A, Los Angeles, B, Phoenix, C, Miami, D, Las Vegas? Los Angeles, Phoenix, Shit, Miami, Las Vegas. I'm going to say Phoenix. Me too. You are both correct. It is Phoenix. Be. Las Vegas would be close behind. Miami gets a lot of rain. It would be in the distance. So it's 2-2. Two, two. Okay. Next question. Which of these weather events produces the highest wind speeds? Which of these weather events produces the highest wind speeds? Is it A, an EF1 tornado? B, a Category 5 hurricane? C, an EF5 tornado, or D, a Category 1 hurricane. Did you say wind or rain? 
What's wind, the question wind. again? Which of these weather events produces the highest wind speeds? EF1 tornado, Cat 5 hurricane, EF5 tornado, Cat 1 hurricane. I'm going to say an EF5 tornado. I'm saying the same thing. Yes, an EF5 tornado is 201 miles an hour or greater. A Cat 5 hurricane hey, is 157 to yeah. 200. But good, good. So it's 3-3. Three, three. Because you're doing okay on the weather here. Um, the United States has by far the most tornadoes of any country on Earth. Right. right? Um, but which country has the second most tornadoes? Is it A, Ukraine, B, Germany, C, Russia, D, Canada? Which one has the second most tornadoes? Ukraine, Germany, Russia, or Canada? You guys got answers? I do. I'm going to go with Russia just because of the landmass. I'm going to go with Canada. Jim is going to be correct. It is Canada. Go. So it is 3-2, 4-3-Jim, uh, right? All right. Yep. Okay. Which month of the year produces, on average, the most annual tornadoes? Is it A, June? B, April, C, May, or D, January? Which month produces the most tornadoes? June, April, May, or January? I'm going to see. I'm going to say May. C is May. You are both correct. 294 is the average. Both April and June are around 212. And January, obviously, is way off at 45. So now it's 5-4. Close battle here. Which U.S. state U.S. state has the highest average number of tornadoes annually. Is it A, Oklahoma, B, Mississippi, C, Kansas, D, Texas? Which state has the highest average number of tornadoes? Oklahoma, Mississippi, Kansas, Texas. I'm going with C. I'm going with Kansas. All right. Uh, not even close. It is Texas. Uh, with a lot more than anybody else. Remember, it's a much bigger place. All right, I was going to second guess. Which U.S. state has the highest number of tornadoes per square mile? A, Oklahoma, B, Mississippi, C, Kansas, D, Texas. I'm going with Kansas. Fuck, I'm going to go with I was going to say Texas, but I'll go with Kansas again. Yeah. That's the one where the answer is Kansas. Kansas from a square mileage standpoint, but Texas from a raw number. I, so it's six, six fives. Which of these global cities isn't, which of these isn't in the top 10 coldest cities in the world? So I'm going to give you four cities. Only one of them is not one of the 10 coldest cities in the world. Okay. A, Vancouver, Canada. B, Montreal, Canada. C, Minneapolis, Minnesota. D, Edmonton, Canada. Three of those are in the top 10 coldest cities list. Van Only one of them is Vancouver. Not. I'm going to say Edmonton. Vancouver is the correct answer. You guys tied. are tied. Look at this battle. Yes, Vancouver is uh, much more temperate there, right by the state of Washington. Which state has been hit by the most hurricanes. Is it A, Florida, B, North Carolina, C, Louisiana, or D, Texas? 
which state has been hit by the most hurricanes? I got to go over Florida because they, they all come across that end, and not every one of them hits Louisiana. I'm going to say Louisiana. It's Florida by a landslide. Uh, Florida's been hit by 120. Texas would be second at 66. Louisiana's been every, hit by 56. Almost everyone that gets hit up so here comes seven, to Florida anyway, like Andrew and all that. So it's 7-6. Which of these states has never been hit by a hurricane? Never. A, Delaware. B, Maine. C, Rhode Island. D, Pennsylvania, which has never been hit by a hurricane. Delaware, Maine, Rhode Island, or Pennsylvania? Mm, it, I mean, that that's tricky because hurricanes move inland until they lose strength. But I'm going to go with Pennsylvania. Uh, what were the other choices? Rhode Island and what else? Delaware, Maine, and Rhode Island. I'm going to say Delaware. Okay. Um, you're both wrong. You're, good guess, Woody, on Pennsylvania because it – um, it is does not have uh, any portion of it directly on the ocean, yeah, but, but it's not it's up. not that far inland to get right, to right. to Philly. It's it's Maine. Maine is so far north that the the waters don't get warm enough to, uh, to right. so everybody got that one wrong. Um, got a couple more questions here. Not many. I think we got three more, and we're tied. Right? No, I'm up, uh, I'm up by one. Uh, Woody's up seven six. Yeah. Okay. The U.S. has had three cat- Category 5 hurricanes make landfall. Which of these is not one of the three? Hurricane Camille in 1969 that hit Mississippi and southeast oh, Louisiana. Yeah, we know about that one. Hurricane Hazel in 1954 that hit South Carolina and North Carolina. Hurricane Andrew in 1992 that hit southeast Florida and southeast Louisiana. One of those ones Woody was talking about. And D, uh, and this one occurred before they started naming storms. This is the unnamed Florida Keys hurricane of 1935. I'm going to go with Andrew. I'm also going to go with Andrew. That was not a Category 5? Andrew was a Category 5, guys. Uh, Yeah, but you said hit when it hit. Yeah, when it made landfall, when it hit Florida, uh, I guess. Yeah. That's when, it, when it made landfall, it was. Oh, I'm, I thought you said in Louisiana. No, I said the U.S. has had three Category Five. Okay, I, th- I thought. Okay, yeah. I thought the, you said Louisiana. The only one that was not was Hazel. Yeah, I never heard the of others, Hazel, but I know, I know about Camille. Okay, so nobody oh, yeah. gets that. So we're down to two questions, and these are about snow. These questions. I thought. When Andrew hit Louisiana, it was a four. It, it, but, but it might have been. But when it made U.S. landfall, it crossed over Florida and destroyed Homestead. That's what I was thinking. So everybody had to jump uh, on me. I drove to Lafayette to, to be – they projected it was going to hit Lafayette. And I drove to Lafayette to part of my fraternity brothers. And some bitch turned and hit Baton Rouge. And we never even lost power. Or we ever have a hurricane, yep. hurricane parties. I remember. Okay, which of these U.S. locations has the highest annual snowfall? Okay. Mm. A, Mount Rainier, Washington. B, Mount Hood, Oregon. C, Alta, Utah. Or D, Valdez, Alaska. Mount Rainier. Mount Rainier. Mount Hood, Alta, and Valdez, Alaska. 
What did you say? Mount Rainier. Mount Hood. It is Mount Rainier by a landslide. Mount Rainier gets 56 feet of annual snow. Woody's, Woody's going to win his second game in yeah, a row. Second this, out of we only got, 700. We only, got one more, we only got one more question. Here's the last question. Well, we, which yeah. U.S. state gets the most annual snowfall? Which state? Is it A, New Hawaii. Hampshire, B, Alaska, Alaska C, Colorado, or D, Vermont? Which U.S. state gets the most annual snowfall? Alaska. Hawaii. Why is not one of the choices? But, was, so you're throwing. No, it. no, it was uh, New Hampshire. I, I'll go to Alaska. Vermont. I can't. I can't lose it even if it's wrong. Right. It's Vermont, guys. Was, that's surprising. Yeah. Vermont gets the highest annual. Good. Always right, you good know, to be a little mental. You guys minute, know, you guys know your weather pretty, pretty, pretty well. Hope, uh, hope you fit, folks listening did pretty well. On Always that. good to be a little mentally stimulated with. Uh, fair rules. Yeah, fair rules quick. help. You know, when the game's not distorted by a, you know, by a corrupt judge's attempt to swing yeah. it in any one person's direction, which that never happens on this show. Right. That, in my experience, you can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. You got it, Tiffany. It is a mile high crime for Friday, y'all. And a North Carolina teenager was detained at an airport after he was caught using a skip lagging hack where travelers buy cheaper indirect flights and exit the airport at a layover stop. Now, that's genius. I don't care who you are. Uh, Hunter Parsons of Charlotte said his son Logan had an American Airlines ticket from Gainesville to Florida to New York JFK with a stop in Charlotte. Logan was flying direct to Charlotte but had an indirect ticket terminating at JFK that was cheaper than the direct trip to North Carolina. So he booked the fare with the intention of skip lagging, which is known as not completing the entire trip. It was the first time a teenager, the teenager, had flown by himself, as Dad said, adding the family was taking advantage of the popular method of saving on flights previously. At the gate, however, Logan's North Carolina ID raised red flags with the agent, and the team was taken to security and interrogated. Logan's ticket was canceled, and the family was forced to buy him a direct flight. While not illegal, skip lagging, also known as Hidden city ticketing is frowned upon in the industry. Well, I huh. guess it is. Uh, but it does violate some airlines' code of conduct. So you can't necessarily get arrested for it, but some airlines won't let you fly anymore, maybe, if they catch you doing it. Hunter Parsons said he had no concerns allowing the teenager Logan to fly alone, as the family had utilized the popular but risky method many times. Uh, he was quoted as saying they've used skip lagging almost exclusively for the last five to eight years, saying they were not worried about his flight. When Logan got to the gate for check-in, though, the agent caught a whiff of his plan, and Hunter was taken into the security room, and they interrogated uh, yeah. interrogated him. This kind of got out of, uh, out of hand, uh, and his dad, of course, who probably taught him, obviously right. taught him this technique. Chip off uh, the block. Yeah, he was he was not happy about it. He said 
His worry was not that the ticket was canceled by American Airlines rep, but that the situation was just not handled, in his opinion, very well. Our concerns is he's a minor, and he was kind of left to fend for himself uh, several states away. An airline attorney who spoke with the outlet agreed, calling it harsh. It was the first time he's flown, and he really doesn't know what he's doing, this from his attorney. Well, he sounds like a pretty smart kid to me. so that is, you know, if you're interested in learning more about skit flagging, feel free to That's crazy. That's first thing check it out online, Google oh, it or whatever. And look, this is, interesting this is complete bullshit on the part of the airlines. It, it just shows that they have absolutely zero uh, integrity to their pricing because that should, if you have a system that is based upon some kind of algorithmic logic and integrity, that can't happen. It's like buying a... It's like a burger being more expensive than a Happy Meal, but people only want the burger, so they buy the Happy Meal and throw out the fries. Okay, well, if if you're if you're stupid enough to package your product that way, then you know if this ever got fought in court, the airlines would lose in court. They have nothing. They have they have no standing. I I was waiting on this, Mike, to tell you this. Uh, I found this out yesterday because I know you care. Frontier Airlines <laughs> came out with a $299 unlimited flight ticket yesterday. Come on. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, unlimited. You love them. Un- <laughs> unlimited. Until you walk on, and then they charge for each tooth you bring with you right. on the flight. <laughs> and, you know, right. uh, $5 per testicle. Hey, you know what you can time now take it is off now. That belt and move freely around the cabin. Kinky crime time. Crimes. Kinky crime time. Y'all, listen to this. Police. No, skip the title. Let me do it like this. A couple in their 50s were charged with indecent exposure for allegedly having sex on the balcony of a Myrtle Beach, South Carolina hotel in broad daylight. Hey. They could be seen. Stay at a hotel room. All right. They. Well, yeah, I guess so. But they could be seen by people around the pool at the Breakers Resort in North Myrtle Beach. Police were called to the Breakers Resort around 11 a.m. Saturday by a woman who saw the naked couple from the pool. The couple who were from Asheville allegedly yelled at police when they arrived saying they did nothing wrong and that the people outside were jealous. Absolutely. They right? were. I mean, they're in the 50s. Don't be hating. Getting, 50s, getting it on at 11 o'clock That's in the morning it. and, 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 and the public view. But upon their arrest, the woman asked one police officer if he was married. When he responded yes, she stated, then try the balcony sex. I highly recommend yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Now that, that's your kinky that's crime. That's pretty kinky. So is Couple. the balcony on the same level as the pool? I don't get how the pool people uh, could. It's probably up a little bit. They're probably, probably looking up. You know what? Mind your up. business. Fifty years old was up there. Might have been making a baby. Right? You don't. There was a day when something like that was a bonus if you were by that pool and you just go get yourself a better view. That's right. Yeah. Give me some banjos, Jim. I believe we have our highest ranking dummy of history here. 
So, I mean, usually yeah. we've got some um, dope who's never really committed a crime who just goes and does something really, really stupid. But know, you had some pretty damn good ones in the past. Uh, here so we have a really career awesome. criminal in the drug uh, uh, industry. So a British drug lord who was nicknamed Escobar of Essex because of his links to Colombian cartels has been jailed for 16 years. Mm. All because he sent a huge cocaine shipment to the wrong country. Mm. Oops. Jonathan Parkhill, 55. had one job. Mistakenly (laughs) sent 30 keys of cocaine to South Africa when it was supposed to go to Germany. Officials caught him through his encrypted chat, EncroChat, as he hastily tried to fix his mistake. The German shipment was seized and Park Hill was arrested at Heathrow Airport upon his return from Columbia. Sources say Park Hill, quote, is one of the biggest drug traffickers caught in the UK in a long time. All they know is mail delivery in South Africa has never been faster. They used to call him the Escobar of Essex, but now just for fun, they call him the Magellan of Manchester. According to Real Life Real Crime Daily I-Team estimates, Park Hill was off by only 5,000 miles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and how much do uh, you think 30 keys cost? Oh, I can tell you uh, uh, approximately $28,000 a key before it gets cut. So that's about a million dollars. Oops. <laughs> yeah. And after they cut Somebody it, getting their ass cut killed. It with no, 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 he'd be dead. <laughs> he'd be dead. Park kill, Kill has a boss somewhere that isn't very happy. They're going to kill Tim Good. Well, that is a dumbass criminal. Dumbass criminals. All right. Hey. Vote, vote, vote. vote. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Podcast Awards, y'all. Go to podcastawards.com. Put in your email, your password. uh, Check that you are willing to be a finalist or judge. um, And then go in on the categories under... Adam Curry's People's Choice Podcast, The Year War, which would be the first one. At real Life, Real Crime, which is Real Life, Real Crime Daily also. Uh, so you have vested interest if you're listening to this show. We're up for that, as is Bloody Angola is up for that. Um, and yep. our, our friend, uh, dear friend, Kelly Jennings is up for that one also. So vote who, how you feel on that. Best male host in the world. I'm up for that one again. I won it the last two years in a row because of y'all, because the lifers rock. Um, best true crime. I'm up for that again. I won it last year. And uh, Kelly Jennings is up for that too, so vote for whoever you want to. History, under the history, for the first time, Bloody Angola has been nominated. I, uh, please give us your vote on that. It's Jim Chapman and I's other show. And Drama and storytelling. I've won that twice. It, it, y'all, you don't have to vote for all the categories. There's like 100 categories, but go to the ones I'm telling you to and scroll down to the R's or for real life or crime and click on it or um, the B's for Bloody Angola. And most influential, I won that. This, they have a spot where you type in who you want for that. And I won sure that I last want. year. Yeah. Uh, so if you give me that you vote for that, I'd appreciate it. And we love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Thank you. And the voting closes y'all in, in less than two weeks. So that's it. Right? That's yeah. It. So get in your vote for best new segment for the yeah, stuff. I'm yeah. not allowed to report. That's report. one that's not on there. 
Yeah. Right in, right in, right but in. Maybe next year, right in boats can Ago's be. New Society show right he's going to do. Yeah. Ago's New Society show he's going to do. <laughs> will be on it. You don't want me doing a society show. <laughs> what should you do? You uh, trying to do it? You don't know it. what that would you, end up you, being. You're doing it in the, the unapproved segments, where you unsanctioned segments. That's what it is, society and culture, right? Until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Harrison. And I'm Mike Agavino. Have a good weekend. For Real Life, Real Crime Daily, peace. Shubby business. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.